0: let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone, because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur, and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast today my guest is Anna Marino. Now Anna is a licensed physical therapist, a transformational coach and an intuitive healer. She has over 10 years of experience and her her whole body approach to healing really gets to the core of difficulties and eliminates them for good. And she actually works uh, with a multifaceted approach. Uh, remotely as well as in person at our South Charlotte location. So please join me in welcoming Anna to today's episode. Let's talk about intuition and how to use that in your business. So um, what are some ways that people can kind of understand what, first of all, so we're all using the same context, what do you define intuition as? Mm -hmm. And what are some ways that people can use intuition to
1: grow their business? Perfect. That's an excellent question. And I get that question a lot from my patients and clients because I think a lot of people have that um, difficult time to even understand what is intuition. And usually I describe it to be that feeling that you just know something. Like you enter in the room and you just know, oh, this feels good. Or you met someone and it's a perfect client for you and you're like, oh yeah, this relationship definitely feels good. And you don't necessarily have a reasoning for, you don't have explanation for, you just feel in your heart, you feel in your gut. That's what is the true. And usually a very simple way is for us to distinguish what is not intuition, it's every time it comes with a whole explanation, a whole reasoning, a fear-based limiting belief. After, if for example, if you think about, oh, I can make a lot of money, and with this project, and then you come with the whole reasoning, oh, I can make a lot of money because this, 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 and this, and then the fear comes in. It's like, well, but that's maybe not a good idea. Maybe that's not my intuition. Then, usually, that's kind of like one of the signs of the intuition is intuition doesn't have to necessarily have a reasoning or explanation for. Mm-hmm. It can be just that gut feeling. And, and we know when that happened, that's usually pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But when the mind take over, the mind is the one that creates the reasoning explanation. And they kind of have a lot of like, and or but after that feeling, and that's usually more like the mind taking over. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent point. So Okay. I, I like a little clarification. So how can you tell the difference between, okay, say you set a goal and you're trying to ask your intuition, like, is this a good goal? Like, um, how can you tell the difference between is your intuition telling you yes or no versus you might have a false limiting belief that is causing discomfort or maybe the thought that you're going to have to go outside of your comfort zone is co- causing discomfort. How can you tell the difference between a no from your intuition versus a no from say your ego?
1: Perfect question. Yes. And it's easier when we practice with something easier. If you never use your intuition before, if you're not in tune with intuition is going to be really, really hard to answer that question out of the bat. But if you start to practice with things that are easier for example, the food that you eat, the color that you like, or the clothes that you're going to wear that day. Like simple things that doesn't really matter if you get right or wrong. You're going to start identify in your body what is a yes feels like and what is a no feels like. And I actually have some meditations on my YouTube video that I guide people how to um, define what is a yes and a no. Mm. And that's really, really helpful because once you have that yes, I call the full body yes, that you, you have the sensations and it's different for each person some people can see some people can hear some people can feel in their body some people can just have all the kinesthetic sensation they just knowing that it's different for each person but once you identify what is yours that you know that that's your full body yes They usually when you have the excitement of doing something that's outside of your comfort zone and you get a full body yes that fear maybe comes in, but it's not the primary feeling. Mm. That's an afterward feeling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you do something that's mostly your ego, your body usually tends up. That's a more like a no response of your body. And it's almost like if we think about the stress reaction, like the fight and flight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That you can uh, public speaking is probably a very simple example to associate with. Like if you're going to the stage and you're doing public speaking or you're being an interview, um with a new project, you're going to have a little bit of that excitement and nervousness. But it feels completely different than if you're doing something that just doesn't feel aligned with your dreams. This, I guess the idea is just to kind of clarify, like, what is that yes for you? What is that no for you? What is a Love-based decision feels like. What is a fear-based decision feels like? Mm-hmm. And once you start to identify that, then you can ask bigger questions and more difficult questions.
0: Okay. So here's another question that's kind of in my mind. Okay. Sure. So you know, like we talk all the time about just in general, like in this work and in and, and this in this field of study, right? We talk about mm-hmm. vibration and frequency. And so um uh, Esther Hicks, Esther and Abraham um mm-hmm. Hicks, they yes. have this body of work um and they're talking about the emotional guidance scale. Mm-hmm. And if you're above feeling neutral, then that's considered high vibration. If you're below feeling neutral, then that's considered low vibration. Mm-hmm. And low vibration, it's not that it's worse than high or anything like that, like cuz it's not bad to feel negative emotions, because you've got to feel through it, right? So those lower vibrations would be like anger, fear, um, depression, um, doubt, worry, disappointment. And the higher vibration would be like enthusiasm and joy and excitement. So how does frequency play in like what my emotional frequency is at right now, which I would say I'm on a higher level right now. Like I'm just, I'm feeling excited about this episode and joyful to be doing it. So, if I were in a negative state or a lower vibration, um, how clear feeling am I going to be when it comes to hearing my intuition?
1: You're not, and that <laughs> is your totally right? point because yeah. the, our feelings are our futures. That if we already come from using a filter of fear, if you're already putting that glasses on, whatever you're going to see, it, it's going to be fear-based.
0: Right. Like attracts like, right?
1: Exactly. If you put that lack mentality glasses, like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm never going to attract the right client or I'm never going to make money enough. And, already... and then you ask your intuition, is this program going to make me enough money? or is this gonna be successful, but you're already wearing those glasses off like, eh, no, that yes, the filter's a bit smush, it's a little a little dirty, that you're not gonna get a 100% clear answer, and that's why working on the limiting belief in our inner wisdom, and doing that mindset shift makes such a big difference, because the more we clear those filters, the more we be in tune of who we are mm-hmm. and the more we in tune of who we are without those filters, the easier we can feel. Is this the right day to launch a program? Is mm-hmm. this the right food that I want to eat? Mm-hmm. Is this clothes is going to make me feel comfortable and empowered? Mm-hmm. It's like it's hard to be the little things in life that we can actually influence how we feel for the better
2: mm-hmm.
1: and impact. But when we don't have that defined clarity, because we are just kind of like in a very low state of vibration, like you're describing, and it's part of being human, we all have those feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you probably don't want to ask that question when you just had a fight with your husband, for example. Right. The, you're, not, you're just not going to get the perfect answer. <laughs> it's
0: probably best not to talk to anybody or make any decisions while in that lower vibration state because it's, it's not going to be in alignment with um, what, what would you say your intuition, um, what's best for you, mm-hmm. et cetera,
1: right? Yeah, it's, it's not who we are, it's like it's, it's part of us. That's kind of how I usually describe is like those feelings are part of us. We all have it. We all have the good and bad. We all have the light and, and darkness. But this is not who we are. We're not an angry person. We are not a depressive person. We are not anxiety. We're not that. Those are just labels.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: those are feelings. And we process those feelings. And then we can come out from those feelings. And then you're like, okay, now I'm. now I can make... Like I'm on top of my game and now I can make decisions. Now I can feel into it. Now I can uh, be creative. Like mm-hmm. we're not usually creative when we're not feeling good anyways.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's even harder to find a project that we like and we get excited if we're not feeling good.
0: Right. Exactly. So, okay. Assuming that we're in a positive uh, or high vibration state, uh, what are some exercises that we can do to really hone our intuition?
2: Good. So
0: like meditation, like, like, um, like uh, using muscle testing, like learning how to do that. Like what are, what are some different things that someone can do?
1: Yeah. Uh, Meditation is definitely an excellent one. And I also look for whatever your creative um, source is. Some people like painting, some people like draw, some people like writing. Some people like go for walk. Some people like swimming. Then we always have something that kind of bring that creativity boost because it helps us to relax. Meditation absolutely is a great resource for that. And it's something that we can do throughout the day. We don't have to pay money for, take time from work. There are simple things you can do throughout the day to just kind of like trigger that um, quick creativity, quick focus, refocus on what you're doing, then that project can come easier. The to-do task can come easier. The more focused, the more clear we are, the more productive we are as well. Then, yeah, just find whatever works for you. For some people, it's exercise. For some people, it's walking outside. For some people, it's um, some creative, like painting, things like that. And for some other people, meditation works really well. I highly recommend meditation to everybody. We all need it. Um, But for some people, they need to add something else to the meditation. Then more active things to do it also helps. And that's good options there. So
0: so, um, what's your process for meditation? I know you're probably going to say, well, it's different for everyone. But what do you do?
1: I have a little bit different philosophy about meditation. The way that I think about the meditation, and part of that is because of my physical therapist background, I think, because I understand the physiology behind it, is when I think of meditation, I think of anything that can turn off the sympathetic response. The sympathetic response in the body, it's the fight and flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. Every time that we are on that stage, I, I kind of joke with my patients and say, Think about the tiger is running behind you and you're trying to survive. You don't need to create a new project when you're trying to survive. You're just running. Then your whole body is responding to that running from the tiger action. And for me, when I think meditation, is everything that gets me out of the state of the tiger is running behind me. Then the quickest and easy way to access that is your breath. Every time that we take a deeper breath, we're giving the message to the brain that we're not running anymore. Mm. The tiger is not running behind us anymore. That we're safe. And once that happens, the nerve system, the circulatory system, our brain is such functioning in the area of, oh, I am safe. I can relax. I can digest my food. I can heal. I can repair. I can be creative. And the things that you cannot do when you're under stress can be easily triggered by just that thought of whatever I call meditation that can be active in different ways. The, for, for me, sometimes uh, activity meditation, like going for a walk in nature, can work better than sitting down in quiet for an hour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do need to close my eyes and just shut it down the brain because the walking is not enough. That I have different um, techniques that I use. And I always go back to my intuition and ask, what do I need today?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then, again, having that inner wisdom, inner intuition really helps because the answer usually comes quickly when you practice them. Mm-hmm. And then it can be taking a shower. Sometimes I'm doing my whole meditation while I'm taking a shower. Just to visualize the water running down and clear whatever energy i'm carrying whatever stress i'm carrying or carrying whatever anxiety and just washing everything off that can be when i'm washing my hands between patients it can be just like while i'm washing my hands i'm feeling the water i'm visualizing clearing the energy we charge my body with the water
2: mm-hmm.
1: the simple things like that i like to um say that i ideally I want to walk around in a meditation state Mm, mm -hmm. because I want to walk around on the relaxed state instead of the fight and flight. Yeah.
0: They say that the, when you're meditating, your brain produces alpha waves Mm -hmm. and those alpha waves is really your ideal operating state because it's relaxed, it's focused, Mm -hmm. it's productive. Um, and actually, there's a way to stimulate even those alpha waves with food. Um, L- L-theanine is um, a particularly important um, component. You can buy a supplement. You could drink green tea or even matcha green tea. So. Um but definitely meditation I've found is so so important for that. I like how you say I like to walk around in a meditative state. You got to be careful who you say that to though cuz people <laughs> might think you're sleepy or something, right? True. People true. People tend to equate it with like falling asleep or something like that and that's not really what and it it's is.
1: It's not. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's very good. Now, okay, um here's something interesting how how can someone who's maybe not as practiced with this tell the difference between their ego voice or that voice that's just always running in the background that automatic like voice versus intuition maybe from a higher place or a higher source or like that part of you that's lighter How can, how can you really differentiate between, oh, maybe that's just a good idea I just got. I asked, oh, you know, um, I need some ideas, you know, what are some ideas for XYZ project? And -hmm. you just start getting ideas. How can you tell that it's just maybe like your ego versus your intuition telling you?
1: The easiest way to notice that, especially for people that are beginners, it's feel your body. Because as soon as you start feeling your body, like, for example, if you think about the project A versus project B, and then you close your eyes and you visualize the project A, you visualize what are you doing? How do you feel doing that? And you're going to have a body response to that. And it's usually, pretty it clear, it's either your body tense up or either your body relax. But for some people, they can feel a lot on their face and their shoulders. That's usually the first thing that people can feel it. And then, for example, if you compare that with the Project B, for example, and there's one of them, your body completely relaxed, the other one, the body tense up. Mm. Usually when you're, when you're coming from the fear base or the ego base, your whole body usually tense up. Even if you're not really in tune with your intuition, if you can just feel your body, usually you can feel something, like your toes start to crawl, or your stomach starts feeling tight. It's usually a body reaction that's pretty clear, and that's usually your go-to reaction.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's something that can, it's more palpable. It's a bit easier for people. They're just beginning to start to be curious. Like, what what is that feel when I think about this project? What is that feel when I think about the other project? Like, sometimes I do that for launch dates. Should I do that on the first, or should I do that on the 15th? Mm-hmm. Which one feels more relaxed? Which one feels more comfortable in my body? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, see, um, for me, it's really different. Like, I, I, um, you, I don't have as many physical sensations like that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, are there different ways that people receive answers? Like, sometimes I see images in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a song starts playing in my head. Um uh yeah, and sometimes my mind just goes to like some kind of event or person or something where it's kind of like I don't think that was me consciously thinking it. It was just like it came to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so for me personally, and I don't know if I'm just different <laughs> that way, but like I don't have as much of a physical sensation when mm-hmm. I think yes, or when I think no.
1: And um, that's actually very common that there are people they are more in tune with the other senses. We have all those senses. We have the auditory, we have the visual, we have the kinesthetic, that's the body sensation. And we have some people that are just knowing, you can't explain, I just, I just feel that that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Then all of those are channels of receiving. Mm-hmm. And each person has your own channel. Some people has multiple channels. Like you mentioned, I have the visual, I have the, uh, sometimes I hear. Um, most of the population can at least feel the body. If they're not looking for those uh, extra ex- experience they had before, the body sometimes is the easier to connect. Because when you're thinking and you're visualizing, you're hearing something, you'll be like, oh, I'm just imagining things. it's it's easier to be confused but if you feel your body your shoulder going up you can't really explain that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um they absolutely honor whatever is your sensation and for people they are already aware of whatever the sensations are absolutely like anchor that and be curious to what else Mm-hmm. Because chances are that you are having some body changes, but you're not looking for that because that's not usually what you've done before. Mm-hmm. They will be actually interesting for you to next time when you go into that questioning and look for, okay, how's my body feeling? Like I'm I'm hearing the message, I'm seeing the message, but how's my body responding to all of that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then see if there's anything come up for you, because it may, it may or may not. Mm-hmm. Well, but. I will
0: say like learning muscle testing has been very, um, interesting for me because it does use the body's electrical energy mm-hmm. to, if you've ever been to one of those conferences where they kind of mm-hmm. like hold out your arm and then it's like, my name is Christine, and it's strong. And then it's like, my name is Anna. And it's like, nope, that's weak. Mm-hmm. Um, Using that, I mean, that's a, an extreme, like you wouldn't go around doing this, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: like, you know, there's more subtle ways of doing that. That definitely has been like a, a hack or a shortcut for me, like when, um, but I have to make sure that I'm in the right receiving state that I'm like, you know, tuned in like that, what we were talking about, the higher vibration and, um, otherwise I can get like a false positive. Right.
1: Exactly. That's my only challenge that I have with the muscle testing, mm-hmm. because you can literally influence the muscle test with your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I saw people doing that. I personally don't use a muscle test for that, for that specific reason, because mm-hmm. I think people can get really mis- misinformation
2: mm-hmm.
1: if they don't know how to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then I, I, I see once we're in tune for intuition, our intuition is our muscle test. Our body is our muscle yes, test. True. And some people like to, they could, they do like with the finger yep. opening or the, the couple of different ways you can do it. Yep. But if we think about it as the same idea of your shoulder going up, or your shoulder going down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I usually um, teach my clients to start even doing that with food, like mm-hmm. hold the food close to you. For some people, your body moves forward. Some people, the body moves back. That can be your yes and your no. Yeah, and Right. It's just find whatever works. If muscle tests work for you, use that. If you're yeah. not quite sure, like some people use the pendulum. That's another way of the
0: pendulum, yeah.
1: You use it as well. It's just find whatever works. And yeah. then stick with that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's important to really learn how to properly use those tools as well. Cause um, yeah, you can you can deceive yourself um, if you're not careful. And yeah, so um very, very good. Now um, couple things too, that I just wanted to reiterate from what you were saying before you were saying that, um, everyone ha- might have different channels that they receive information. And I think that's such an important distinction because people like what we're talking about with intuition and being intuitive, like everyone has access to, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And everyone has this level of psychicness, Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and people like give away their power to so-called psychics Mm -hmm. when really they have the ability to do this themselves if they practice and, and work it like a muscle. Right. And, uh, what I've seen is everyone wants to be clairvoyant. You know, that's like the, the first thing that people say and it's like, do you really understand what that means? And, it, and we kind of touched on it, but we didn't use those words. So like seeing pictures or images in your mind would mm-hmm. be clairvoyance, mm-hmm. feeling it in your body. Like if, if, uh, some people will get a neck ache all of a sudden, and then they'll know their client is like, do you have a neck ache? And
2: mm-hmm. then as soon
0: as they have awareness of it, their neck, it goes away. But the client, it was just to, a clue. Yeah. That's clairsentience. It's like uh-huh. feeling through your body. Help me with the others. There's clear audience where oh, you
1: the hearing is clear. Audience. Yeah,
0: like like the song in your head, or maybe you hear like someone in a in a crowd. You're passing by and they say a phrase, and it's like mm-hmm. the exact answer you were looking for. Um, what else? Um, there's one other. There's four main ones. What am I missing?
1: I don't usually use those names because people, yeah. people
0: get confused, get <laughs> but I just want to be able to equate it and like kind of empower people like, you know, there. oh, Claire cognizance. Why, why didn't yes, I, that's, that, just that's the know one that you,
1: know it. that you were talking
0: yeah. about earlier where people just know it, but they don't mm-hmm. know why it's like the magic eight yes. ball. Right. And so, yeah, I just, I wanted to put that out there because, um, all clear means is clear. So it's like a clear knowing, clear cognizance. It's not as mystical as we we think it is. You know what I mean? This is th- these are things that um, we all have the possibility to do. It's just each of us probably have a primary, a more dominant channel, as you put it. It's not necessarily a gift because when everyone has a gift, is it a gift? I don't know. Like it's an ability, right? And it's just something you need to practice.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because you're saying that because if you look at the kid, like the kids up to the age between seven to nine, most of the kids has all of that open. Mm -hmm. Like kids know, they just know.
0: I constantly ask my, my child who's three, like, Oh, um, just to confirm things. Sometimes I'm like, this or this, you know. And, and yeah. she usually confirms exactly what I was thinking. It's really they funny.
1: just know. They, I love how you say like we born all equipment with all of those channels on. Right. And then you hear something and you say out loud, and then your dad say, "Oh, that was you didn't hear that. That was what? Are you thinking about? Are you imagining?" Or you see something and you draw and then your mom say, oh, that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Or the teacher or your friend or whatever it is, society don't necessarily accept that as a normal thing sometimes. And then we start putting the kids down and everything that doesn't feel good, we stop doing. Then what we do, we start to shut those off. Mm -hmm. And I have clients that come to me and say, hey, I wanted to open up. I want to, I I used to be able to see when I was a kid. I want to be able to see again, or I want to be able to hear again. I used to be able to hear when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to have that connection with my body and with the environment that we used to be before. But for some reason, we create this fear that that wasn't safe, that wasn't okay, that triggered that tiger running behind us that goes back to the fight and flight Mm -hmm. and now our bodies say nope and just close it yeah and once we feel safe enough once we know how to practice and be able to use those skills again and just giving permission to use it again without the fear of being judged Mm -hmm. it just gives that opening door because we all have it it's like you say yeah Yeah,
0: and it's so interesting what you said because you know it could the the childhood it could be as simple as you know someone saying well how did you know that or you're wrong or um i don't i don't believe that or whatever it's so Mm -hmm. simple and that could just be enough to shut it down
1: absolutely and they can also sometimes shut it off when people are empathetic or they are hypersensitive, and they start feeling too much, and it becomes too uncomfortable. They work a lot of population, they are hypersensitive, and they're hearing things that nobody else is hearing, or they're feeling, they're walking in a room, and it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? It's Mm -hmm. too much. Then people either become overreacted to that, or they just turn it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's also
0: a very interesting point, too. Like, I've done some reading on the HSP, the highly sensitive person, and then, yes. you know, some people call, um, or, or I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but they will say like, I'm an empath, can't mm-hmm. go in crowds or whatever. And some people don't even realize, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it, it's just a matter of managing it, right? It's not necessarily like when someone says I'm an empath, it's. Like usually in a victim kind of way, like like I just can't. Not a bad thing. Whatever.
1: Yeah, it's it's a gift. We receive that gift to be able to feel more. Mm-hmm. We be we f- it's it's a it's a language per se. It's like a, it's a way of communicating. Is able is a way of perceiving the world differently. Right. For the population that is hypersensitive, the population that it is empathetic. What's two different definitions, in my opinion. Um, it's, we receive those, like, think about like a radio station where we kind of like, we tune into that radio station and suddenly we raise up the volume really high. And it's like, whoa, that's too much information. Turn it off. Sure. Right. And they, it's, it's not about turn it off. It's about just adjust the radio station and turn the volume down. And once you're asking about the project or work or opening up your business or choose your logo, or choose the name of your business, whatever you're trying to decide, you want the volume up. But if the radio's off, then you lost that chance of being able to have that inner wisdom comes up. It's just fine tuning, find the perfect radio station that you can connect to your inner information and then regulate the volume up or down. Right now, I want to hire. I want to know the answer. If I'm going to a crowded place, I can turn that up. I can turn it down. Mm-hmm. And then you have that power to regulate versus being out of control.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, w- listen, are there, are there ways like, I mean, I don't know if this is something that you teach, but are there ways that um, people who are more highly sensitive can manage, like, um, you know, I've read things like, um, and even practice some things like shielding and
1: mm-hmm. things like
0: that. Do you teach your clients?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Can you go into yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. And the idea, and that's kind of like a new concept for the last, I think it was 2012 when we had the big shift energetically. Before 2012, we had this idea about creating shield, create walls, creating a protection. and
0: Energetically, meaning.
1: Energetically. Mm-hmm. And after that, we shifted to a more, what I describe as a filter. Because when we think about shield and protection, we think about fear base, mm-hmm. And that usually brings that whole body to like... Mm-hmm. The so you're is actually
0: coming. blocking out the positive as well as the negative. Exactly. And what you're saying is filter, as,
1: then you can
0: choose. So you choose to- what to let in. You let in the positive, keep out the
1: negative. Exactly. If you want cool. abundance, if you want to make more money, open that door. If you want clients that not align with your purpose, close that one. The, like when you think about that filter, you can kind of open and close whatever you wish based on how you're feeling. And you can also, again, kind of like similar to the radio station, you can regulate, you can align, get the radio station that you wanted to hear, and then you can raise the volume or decrease the volume. I want some love. I want a lot of love. Or I want money. Or I want friendship. I want a relationship that we kind of learn how to, then there are a lot of techniques that um, people can use. I usually teach a program that's a four weeks long and that's like three hours each day. Um, I also have the recording on my website. That's something that people can just do like a self-study guide. That's kind of easy to kind of follow step by step. Um, but it's not something that you can just like turn on because like we say on the beginning, if you don't even know what is yours, what is your intuition? What is your ego? You're not going to be able to create that filter effective. Mm -hmm. Then the step-by-step first thing first is be able to define, this is my energy. This is someone else's energy. Mm -hmm. This is me when I'm a higher level. This is me when I'm not having a good day. Mm -hmm. Then once you start defining that and being clear about that, then we can create that filter energetically, and we can kind of, okay, this is my space, whatever I wanna I stay in, whatever I don't wanna stay out. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of techniques that you can learn how to, to release. Like sometimes I tell people to use the shower or the washing the hands, that's a very easy one to do that anybody can do anywhere. Like you're having a really hard day at work, or you know, you're having trouble with your employees or your employer, go in the bathroom, wash your hands. And just visualize their water washing out.
0: Just like clearing your energy?
1: Yeah, it's just a way to recharge us. Mm -hmm. Because especially for the people that are hypersensitive or empathetic, they do have a tendency to pull everything in because they usually have those filter doors open. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know how to regulate, it becomes overwhelming really easily. Mm -hmm. A lot of the population I'm working, they have anxiety. The reason of the anxiety is because they are hypersensitive. Not everybody, but that's a very majority of the population I'm working right now. And once they learn how to control that, the anxiety goes away.
0: So interesting. So what percentage of the world would you say is hypersensitive?
1: That's a great question. I have no idea. I think it's way more than people think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I'm guessing
0: it's probably between 10 and 20%. I don't think it's the majority. It's probably the majority of your client.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to know because i have yeah. so used to that population. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a big percentage. I, I would say probably yeah. a little bit more than, than 10, 20, maybe 30 and 40.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: I just think people don't know. They, some people don't even know what it is. Some people, mm. when I bring the term hypersensitive, it's like, oh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then when I explain, it's like, oh, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Because that's really what hypersensitivity is. It's just feeling too much
0: mm-hmm. for anything. Right. Like, so what are some of the symptoms of being hypersensitive?
1: The one thing that I hear a lot are people like, for example, you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and you're like, it's hard for me to concentrate. I get overwhelmed easily. I hear too much noise that's a very simple thing. It's like, okay, that's, that's not everybody like that. But, and, but people learn how to cope there. that. Because sometimes they like to sit down more in the corner or they don't stay too long. And they believe that's kind of like the norm. Mm-hmm. The things like that, they can be visual um, overwhelming. Like if you go to a place and it's too many colors, too much going on, too many shapes that can be a visual overwhelm and that's people that are hypersensitive visually. Because not everybody has all of that. Most people has one, maybe two. And some people has all. Um but sometimes I'm working with teenager and they're like, I can't focus at school because I'm hearing everybody taking a deep breath. I'm I'm mm-hmm. hearing everybody like thoughts. Yeah, it's like it's too much information. And then they're giving the labels of like they have ATHD or ADD and that has not necessarily nothing to do with the label. It's just because they're being overwhelmed so easily. Then the overwhelm it goes back to those channels. And anything that overwhelm those channels can be a hypersensitive um, person it can be the kinesthetic like you feel too much you go outside and you're like this person have a shoulder pain you're feel in your shoulder and you go back and it's like i don't know why my shoulder is hurting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you sometimes don't even know who was the person that was on the street with shoulder pain and the shoulder pain go away
2: mm-hmm. or
1: headache or stress or depression like i hear a lot of people like sometimes i just get depressed and i don't know why And that's just you absorbing someone else's energy. And then once you process that, you feel better. Then for some people's auditory, it's um, being able to hear noises that nobody else is hearing. Some people smell. Like some people walk around and smell roses or smell um, different plants. And it's like, did you smell that? No, I didn't or they're very sensitive to perfume. Like I can't be in the room of someone that they have perfume too strong. It gives me headache right away. It's mm-hmm. totally like sending me to an overwhelmed state. I, ha- I have to use my tools. I have to put my bubble. I have to put my filter. It's like, okay, keep it out. <laughs> keep it out. <laughs> and then things like that, go in a crowded place. Crowded place is like one of the most common. It's like, I don't like to be in a crowded place. I get overwhelmed. I get, um, Energetically drain it afterward. I feel tired really easily. I I like to socialize. I like to go see my friends, but after an hour or two, I need my own space. But those are things I usually hear from people. They are hypersensitive, and that's normal. It's just learning how to okay go back to recharge, and then go have fun again. Mm-hmm.
0: So it is possible to be someone who might get overwhelmed in a crowd, and be okay in a crowd like Absolutely. it's
1: curable yes <laughs> it's hope. not curable because it's not a disease but it's <laughs> <manageable>.
0: <laughs> some people act like it is though right
1: they do like can you get this thing away <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i have pretty much all the senses overwhelmed. i have all the sensitivity I, I, and i i had to learn how to manage through my teenager year It was really challenged for me that I Because I have everything online, the vision one was the last one to came. But everything, I was being like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And then now I can go to crowded places. I can be in a conference. Conference was so hard to attend. Conference, like 300 people, 500 people in the room. It's just like, ah. And now I can sit down put my bubble, with my energy, and then I'm just focusing on the speaker. I'm not. Feeling the other two hundred people around me, then it, it is it is totally possible to manage that better and being something that we can um, learn how to control without the fear of I have to shoot myself. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Very good. Well, um uh, I'm going to ask you this next question, and then after that, I'm going to give you some time for a final thought or final piece of inf- inspiration. But so here's my question. How can people uh, learn more about what you do um, and find, find out who you are and what you offer?
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm uh, actually going to uh, switch the, the, the question. I'm going to say with the final thought and inspiration, it's actually the biggest thing that I noticed that make the, the most benefit It's self-care. And just Finding whatever self-care is for you, either it's meditation, either walking, either put your feet on the sand and ground yourself or walking on the grass. And I actually created a special gift for your audience. I put it together at 33 different ways to practice self-care. Things that you can do at home, cheap, easy, throughout the day. Nothing that you have to go pay for a massage or a pedicure or nothing like that. Simple things you can actually do it. And the more we do self-care, the more we can connect to ourselves and the more we can improve our intuition. I think that's all kind of relatable and, and together there. Then they can download that for free. They have the PDF file that they can print it and it is also a calendar. They can actually print the calendar and fill it up and make the commitment and say at least one self-care a day. And I recorded a webinar last week about self-care as well with a live um, group, live questions, resistance, challenges, why people have a difficult time to actually practice self-care. They can listen to that for free as well. It's a self-care kit, uh, and they can find that on my website. It's www.behealthywithanna.com forward slash self-care. The self-care is self-care hope you loved
0: today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like comment and or review every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the higher genius podcast.